This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. I got to catch a glimpse of these warlocks. Let's make a move. She's going around the corner. It's time for Dirt and Sprague. True love is hard to find. Sometimes you think you have true love and then you catch the early flight home from San Diego and a couple of new people jump out of your bathroom blindfolded. With Andy Dirt Johnson and Brendan Sprague. We should date. What? Date? As if we should date sometime, you know, socially. Go ahead, kick it. Dirt and Sprague on 1080. <laughs> You're pretty sick, Chubbs. The Fan. All right, welcome back in our number two. Craig here on Portland Sports Leader 1080 The Fan, the Odyssey app, 99.5 HD2. We have a lot to get to here in the second hour of the show. The Blazers tip off their season, and while I can hear some of you in my brain going, I don't care. I don't think Blazer fans are that way. I do. I don't think, think there's so? a, I don't need a lot of optimism of this team. Well, that might be true. I, I, for At least, though, for me, the tip-off of the season is always exciting. Like, not for general NBA, although I did watch a decent amount of NBA last night. Got a lot of who cares on the poll question I yeah, posted. Just, but I think we're it's a regional sport. Yeah. If you do the, Are you excited the Blazers are tipping off? I think it's a much different answer. Yeah, but if this team starts off with a pretty slow start, I, yeah, you get a pretty good quick checkout on that situation. I hope I'm wrong, though, and subscribe to the Jack Ramsey's Blazers podcast. <laughs> hey, I listened to the Cronin interview, man. It was good. Very honest guy. Very honest guy. Very honest guy. I asked him a stupid question, but that's what I do. I love me some Joe Cronin. Big fan. Um, all right. We have a lot to get to here. I want to do a sneak ahead of this UCLA-Oregon game. But first, I want to ask you, because I didn't get to it yesterday. I want to ask you, without cheating, can you tell me who the top 10 teams in football are according to offense and defense efficiencies and where they rank? Oh. So you combine both sides of the football here. Okay. And you tell me what you th- who you think the top 10 teams in the NFL are. Interesting. Uh, I mean, I would imagine Philly's got to be on there. Philly is on there. Yes. Uh, Buffalo's got to be on there. Buffalo is on there. You are two for two so uh, far. There's only a couple of the one-last teams. Minnesota. I don't know if Minnesota's Minnesota is not in there. Well, I wonder if it's offense or defense that's holding them down. This is, according to Football Outsiders, DVOA metrics. Okay. They go into everything analytical here, and they combine both offense and defense at DVOA. And so I just saw this yesterday. I thought, this is an interesting list. And you've got two. Minnesota's not one of them. Okay, I would imagine. I think the 49ers would probably be on there. You would be correct. The 49ers are in this. I'm trying to think. 
I don't know if the Cowboys have been good enough off offensively. The Cowboys okay. are in this. That is correct. There's four teams that you have named. Are the Chargers? The Chargers are not. Yeah, in their this. defense stinks. They can't stop the run. Also, their offense is a high school offense, as you said. Uh, that it is, Bob. That it is. Kansas City's been pretty balanced this year. Kansas City is absolutely in there. There's five of the okay. ten. Are the Giants? I've worried about their offense. Their defense has been good. No Giants. No Giants. No. Yeah. So now you're getting into the weeds then a little bit because those are teams with, like, winning records, and I, you know, there's not a ton of them in the NFL. Okay, so I'm going to give you this. You, you've named some teams that I would have heard you say, and I'm like, yeah, yeah that makes yeah, sense. Yeah. This is from 1 to 10, DVOA Football Outsiders, okay. Buffalo number 1. So this ended up giving you a good indicator of maybe some of these at 500 or below 500 teams that you should bet on that are better than the record indicator. That is how I look at this, yes, but I'm a degenerate. Number 2, <laughs> Philadelphia, undefeated. Yep. They're number 2. Number 3. And I, we haven't talked a lot about them, but I've mentioned this now. I think this team should be 6-0, and and they're 3-3. Three and three. Uh, Baltimore. The Baltimore Ravens. Baltimore, yeah. Uh, Lamar Jackson in the second half of these games has not been stellar, and they've blown three double-digit leads in their three losses. Number four, the Dallas Cowboys. It's funny to me that the Cowboys are still up there because Cooper Rush has done next to nothing. Right, but if you look the at the run their, game, solid though. Yeah, the run game has been good. Their offensive line grades well, um, and they, their defense might be the best in the NFL. Their defense is awesome. So yeah. they're number four. Number five is the San Francisco 49ers. That's not a surprise. Number six, another 500 team, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Huh. Okay. Another stellar defense yeah, whose yeah, offense yeah. at times has looked good, and other times without their targets being available have stumbled a little bit. Number seven, the Kansas City Chiefs, whose defense is kind of shaky, could be good, could be bad. I actually like what I saw from them this weekend against Buffalo. That's a stiff challenge, and Buffalo's been torching people, and they they played pretty well against them. It was a hell of a game plan yeah. by both defensive coordinators uh, of the Bills and the Chiefs. Number eight, this surprised me, the Jacksonville Jaguars. My Jags, baby. They're not getting the respect they deserve. Well, they're not finishing their games and winning. <laughs> no, they should be winning some of these games. They shouldn't have lost to the Texans. I still am confused how they blew their lead to the Colts, who didn't have Jonathan Taylor. All they wanted to do, the Colts did, was pass the football. I could have told you that on Wednesday. Yep, you go all the way back to week one, two. They had a lead on the Commanders, and that's one that's going to bite you because the Commanders stink. Number nine, the Seattle Seahawks. That doesn't make any sense to me. Well, their offense has been one of the best in football. It has. Their defense has been maybe the worst in the NFL. Well, statistically, it's not been great, but that last (laughs) performance has put them over the hump. At number nine. It's a 6.7% here we're yeah, talking yeah, yeah, about. Yeah, yeah. And Tyler Murray, a slump buster. Who yeah, knew? Absolutely. And uh, number 10, the New England Patriots. Okay, I can see that. So I would ask you, there's no New York team in this. There's no Minnesota. Like, does that not surprise you that the not Jets, that the, that the Vikings? Not at all. Minnesota maybe is a little surprising to me. The Jets uh, doesn't surprise me at all. You know how I feel about the Jets. I, I think this is a bit of early season fool's gold. They're not quite there so yet. So you're buying the Jags more than you buy the Jets. Yes, you I didn't do. have any pushback to the Jags. Yes, I do, because I think the most important position on the field is what matters the most ultimately, and Trevor Lawrence is a better quarterback than Zach Wilson. Is it a big gap, though? Because he, I has, do think it's, he, he I know, has some moments, man, where he I'm does, like, damn it, dude. He does. Zach Wilson was 10 of 18 for 100 yards. He That's just had efficiency. A te- he had a team around him that blocked a punt, returned it for a touchdown, and played great defense. Also had a great running game. And a great running game to boot. And I think if you put uh, – I think Trevor Lawrence, to me, is a difference in that comparison. Uh, the numbers are actually a little surprising, though, on Jacksonville. That that does 
that does shock me. Minnesota doesn't necessarily surprise me a ton, the fact that they're not in there, because we did this segment literally yesterday. What are the Vikings? How much do you trust them? You look at their wins on the season, and all of them could have easily been losses, and that is the nature of the NFL. It's a three- to seven-point league, and you got to find a way to win games in the witching hour. We get that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm not surprised the New York teams in Minnesota aren't in there. New England is one that I probably should have thought of. New England is, is again on that path of, here we go. They're playing great defense. They're running the football. And I, they're not going to say it out there. And I, this is probably way hot takey and overreactionary. I'm rolling with, with Zappy. I, I think Zappy brings a dynamic to that offense that Mac Jones doesn't or at least has in the first couple of starts. And I'm rolling with that dude when Mac Jones, even so when you, he's back. So you benched Mac Jones. I'm benching Mac Jones for Bailey Zappi, yes. Really? I am. I, I To me, New England has a, like, they're playing the Bears this weekend. Aren't they just basically running the football? He had, I think he, he had, had 300 a, yards. He in had a great line against Cleveland last week. A couple week. tutties, yeah. Uh, they ran the ball, I mean, they killed them. They shut out Detroit, by the way, the week before when nobody could stop Detroit. It was 29 nothing. Bailey Zappi last week in Cleveland, 24 of 34, 309 yards, two touchdowns. No picks. Do I owe Matt Patricia an apology? This is ridiculous. Here comes New team. England again I every year. Team. They're playing the Bears on Monday Night Football. The Bears are not going to score They're a touchdown in that, that game. That defense has Belichick. Yes. And I'm sorry, you ain't scoring on Belichick. You look at Zappi's three starts. He comes in in relief against Green Bay, and they push the Packers to overtime. He's 10 of 1,500 yards, touchdown, no pick. Was really good against Detroit, didn't have to do a ton, and then lit up Cleveland this weekend with a good running game to boot. Uh, they're they're hitting their stride, man. And we heard from our buddy Ken Barkley last week. Look at their schedule for the next month. They played nobody. They that got line's a, only eight. It's only I'm hammering that line on Monday night. There's no chance the Pats don't cover that. Are you spread. spreading the line on? I might spread the line on that game. I don't know how the Bears score. Explain to me how they score ten, and I know New England's going to score twenty one at least in that game. Like, explain to me how the Pats don't cover that. Oh, spread. That is wild to me, right? Uh, Seattle, I'm kind of with you. I wonder. I'm That's not a surprise for me. I'm not questioning DVOA because it's so highly thought of and used. It's just crazy to think how bad that defense has largely been. And one performance against Arizona does just enough statistically to where they can find themselves being in the top 10 of DVOA. Yeah, yeah, that's the Seahawks. That's the biggest surprise to me on the list. Not for their offense. If you just gave me, give me a list of the top 10, you know, like efficient offenses. Well, I just think that Seattle's top three or top four. Yeah, See, this is where I push back on you. I think the Jets have done it. I, I, I think the Jets not being in this is a surprise. I, and I'm not telling you it's Zach Wilson lighting up the scoreboard by any stretch, but Brees Hall has been a great rookie for them. He has, yeah. Um, so the run blocking has been pretty efficient, I would say. And, yeah, Elijah Moore is mad he's not getting the football more, but they've had some games where they've been high scoring, and their defense has been pretty lights out in other moments. Like, I mean, to do that against Aaron Rodgers, even without a top-tier you know, top target, that's no easy feat. And so I, I kind of look at the Jets and their special teams has been good. Mm-hmm. I look at the Jets and say, yeah, I think the Jets are a top 10 team. I think they deserve that kind of respect. Whereas the Giants, I mean, there's a an article out there today about how Dayball is doing this. It's basically called chaos. <laughs> he, he's just throwing smoke and mirrors. Yeah, he's throwing everything against the wall and hoping that you're not prepared for any of it. And it's working. <laughs> it's it, working for him. Man. It might not get him to the playoffs, but damn, like, He's building a real culture and identity with that team of, yo, we're going to bring it every weekend, and you don't know what you're going to get from us. I'm going to keep gambling against the Giants because eventually they're going to have one of these down weeks. Like, they can't keep getting away with this. Daniel Jones is their quarterback. Uh, They're in Jacksonville this weekend. I know we try and stay away from the Jags, but you know I can't, man. It's the devil's juice. Don't do it. I can't put the cup down. Don't do it. I can get them plus three and a half at home. I love Jacksonville this weekend. And then if if you're that high on the Jets, you can get plus money on them in Denver. Wait, how are you getting the Jags at plus three and a half? 
I buy. They're a three-point underdog. Buy a half point up. The Jags the are, are three-point favorite. Oh, they are three-point favorite they're at home. Oh, I thought they were a three-point underdog. No, no, they're at line. home. The Giants are on the road. Okay. Well, I did see the Jets are an underdog on the road in Denver. And so, if you like the I Jets, if you like the Jets this weekend, you can you can get some plus money on them on the road because their defense is the real deal. I'll, that's where I'm with Williams you. Has, yeah. he was a monster on Sunday on that defensive line. Yeah. So I don't know. I, I think it's interesting to keep following this kind of stuff of. What the metrics say versus what, like, the Vikings being 5-1 and one is great if you're a Viking fan, but some of the metrics don't line up with saying the Vikings are a legit team at 5-1 and one and you should be afraid. They've well, had some games they probably shouldn't have won yeah. or damn near blown, and they've given credit. They've gotten the W and a couple doinks, but eh, some of the metrics aren't buying the Vikings. Well, and also I think it's a red flag for teams that are in that 4-2 and two category. The Jets are one of them, but also the Chargers are 4-2. and two. That's a red flag. That I, if, if you're not efficient in the top 10 on both sides of the ball consistently, it's going to be hard to win in this league. And there's a lot of questions about, isn't your head coach a defensive-minded guy? Why isn't your defense better? You spent a lot of money on free agency. You had to bench J.C. Jackson this week. I know there's been injuries. Uh, but that was supposed to be a much-improved unit. And the fact you're not top 10 defensively is a red flag. And you have one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. We'll do a sneak peek at uh, the old UCLA-Oregon game. We'll do it next on The Fan. Okay, picture this, it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right, we'll pivot into the Blazers' start of their season with the Murs coming up, the radio voice of the Portland Trail Blazers. Uh, coming up here at the bottom of the hour, we got Statter's story around the corner in crunch time as well. I wanted to do a very quick early look because tomorrow and Friday, Friday, by the way, we've Wayne Cook coming on and he's the sideline guy for UCLA. We had him on a couple weeks ago for the UW game. He is one of my favorite Pac-12 guests we have. Love having Wayne on. And Wayne will give us his thoughts on this matchup. We're aiming to get Jorgie for Friday's show. So Friday's show is going to be heavy Football, but also Oregon-UCLA because it's a huge game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and tomorrow we have the Yammer for the Daily Ticker. Now, we're going to talk a lot of NFL with him, but we are going to get his thoughts on the UCLA-Oregon matchup uh, because the Yammer covers the Pac-12, but he largely is with the NFL Network. Um, yeah, there's a lot to get to with this matchup. I mean, you said it. This might be – this is the biggest home game since when? Because I saw 
Jeff Schwartz was tweeting about having FOMO. I don't get FOMO often, but I've got it this weekend. There's a real feel, and I don't know how to put it into words. Maybe you can. Mm -hmm. There seems to be a lot put on this game, not just in the general sense of, like, what the weekend, what it would mean, but, like, almost a... Lanning can go even further, I think, with the fan base and the way we feel about him as a coach if they win this game. You beat undefeated UCLA at home and you take care of business, you're going to go up in the top ten with that win. Like, there seems to be a lot placed on this game outside of just the obvious. It's a top ten matchup and it's for Pac-12 standings. Yeah, I feel like Duck fans putting a lot into this game, and you mentioned it. I don't even know what the last biggest game was outside of this one. Yeah, I mean, there's a handful of them that you remember in hindsight, like after the game, like 2018 versus Washington when they won in overtime and everybody stormed the field. Like, that that was a big win, but Oregon wasn't ranked, I don't believe, going into that game, or if they were, they were in the back end of the top 25, and Washington was, like, number 10. So that's one that was pretty big, and the outcome ended up making it a bigger deal. Um, but I, at least in terms of, like, the hype, the anticipation, the buildup going into a game – I got to go all the way back, and I mentioned this the other day. I got to go back to 2014, a game that I was at, and it was when Michigan State came to town, and it was the year Oregon went to the playoff with Mariota, and they got off to a really bad start in that game, and they came back and ended up winning at 46-27. That was a good Michigan State team, and that was the last time. I've been to a lot of games at Autzen over the years. I've seen a lot of big environments. I've seen a lot of upsets. I've seen some disappointment. That was the last time that I remember the stadium, and when you know Olamu had a pick, I think, late in that game to kind of seal it of just the holy S one of those, like looking around like Jesus, this place is loud. Uh, again, the Washington walk-off win in overtime was, that was probably a close second. That was a great win and a great weekend. That's a rivalry though. This and that's is, a rivalry. You know, this is a just, little different, but it's also, I mean, you're talking about a top 10 matchup. I mean, Oregon, I think going into that Michigan state game was ranked in the top five because Mariota was back and they were loaded going into that year. Michigan state was number seven. And so you just don't get top 10 matchups very often. And you have one this weekend and I'm excited to see uh, what Otson can bring. But to your point on Dan Lanning, I mean, you think about the way he's been able to turn this back in the right direction following a horrific and embarrassing loss to start your season, which a lot of people wrote you off and said, you're going to be terrible. How do you respond from this? You can't recover. Like, look at your resume. You lost by 46. And all they've done is, albeit not playing the toughest schedule in the world, they've taken care of business every single week, and they're sitting here at 5-1. and one. And then you have the hangover storyline of, Chip Kelly's back in town, and he's and this isn't a return where the first two times he came in, the first time it was his first year at UCLA, they weren't very good. Oregon knew they were going to win that game. The second time was in the COVID year, which it was like ah, who really you know, it was a thing, but not really a thing. And they almost won that game at Autzen. They they came damn close to pulling off an upset. This is different. He's coming back to town, and it's not just, hey, Chip's in town. He's coming to town with a team that can legitimately beat you. It's his most loaded team. A team that can make a college football playoff run, a team that's ranked in the top ten that's undefeated. And so there's just there's a lot of anticipation for this one, and I think there's many storylines uh, evolving around it, but that's one of the big ones. Is the Chip one still a thing for you? I guess it kind of always will be, won't it? Because It'll of his history with it. It'll always be a thing. I mean, those four years. Or he's six, never beaten Oregon. He's never beaten Oregon, yeah. If you, if you count the, the two years as OC and the four years as head coach, I mean, you can't top that for Oregon football history. And so it, you always feel a certain emotion when you hear the name and when you see the face. Yeah. Hey, it's Chip Kelly, man. UCLA 8-6-1 and one against the spread with Kelly as a road dog. 8-6-1, okay. 8-6-1. This is one of those, like, on Wednesday I feel a certain way, and Friday maybe I change my thinking. 
I'm trying to do as much reading and kind of looking into the stats on this matchup as I can. The tough part with the stats is defensively, I think they can be a little misleading because of the Georgia game and because of who UCLA played in non-conference. The, the Georgia thing and UCLA's schedule has not helped a whole lot. I, I will fully acknowledge, and that's, what I think, what makes this game so tough. I think we know this is going. I have no idea. Maybe I'll be wrong if, if one team blows out the other, but this feels like pretty no, two yeah. evenly matched teams who have points that you could make, like with Nick's throwing 70% completion percentage. they got two running backs that are beasts. Franklin's burst onto the scene here. Their defense, I think, is starting to feel good about themselves the last few weeks. You know, going back to the BYU game, um, UCLA, conversely, on the other side, I mean, they, they beat Utah pretty soundly. They beat mm-hmm. UW pretty soundly. But they haven't largely played away from their stadium. They've had one game on the road, and that was against Colorado. That's not a home <laughs> game. For anybody, they just uh, hey, we're playing a neutral site basically because Colorado is that bad. Yay, Colorado! And so it's it's a really tough thing to gauge on Wednesday. Yeah. I gotta be honest, man. Like, I don't get the spread. Still, Bill Conley's model has these two teams one and a half point difference. He's got Oregon at a one and a half point favorite. <laughs> this this spread is six. Now Vegas's metrics are going to be different than the SP Plus metrics, but I didn't get it when it came out, and I don't get it right now. And if, if I was to lay a bet, I'd kind of lean more even the UCLA money line. And maybe I'll be wrong on this or have my mind changed come Thursday or Friday show when we really talk about this. But I just like a lot of what UCLA has coming into this. Mm-hmm. Dorian Thompson Robinson has been there for five years, man. Five. Kelly is 0-3 against Oregon. Is he just never going to beat his former team? That's got to be sticking in his crawl. This is one of his last chances because I think this is the rotation of playing UCLA and then they don't play him next year. You wouldn't play him again. If Unless they... it's a Pac-12 championship game. Right, right. So in that scenario, you'd play him. But other than that, yeah, this could be the very last chance he plays Oregon before he goes to the Big Ten. And we know they're probably not playing Pac-12 teams once they go to the Big Ten. No. And then just the three-headed monster of DTR, Charbonnet, and Bobo. I mean, it's just... Oregon, I think, is giving up like 3.7 yards a carry. If UCLA's def- or rush, uh, rush attack is as, as advertised so far, that number gets to like 4.5 to 5. That could be a long, tough day for that Oregon defense. So it's like right now I would probably lean I kind of like UCLA in this spot here. And I, I, I know that's controversial in this neck of the woods How to say. How dare you? But I just look at these two teams, and the Otzen factor is huge, man. That crowd's going to be there. They're going to be effing lit at 12:30, but I, I i think this is a tough spot and i i kind of would lean a little ucla as of right now yeah i can't blame anybody for liking ucla in this game i mean oregon's been unproven who's the, what's their best win who's their highest quality opponent it's for sure wazoo but and that's not that great right now no it's not i mean it's different when you had to play them on the road right you we saw washington state have to go to usc and go to oregon state i think those games maybe feel a little different if they're played in pullman pullman's a tough place to play and we need to give Washington State that credit. But it was a game that Oregon easily could have lost, and that's your best win right now. The other thing that goes into this, and this is why stats can be so tough, mm-hmm. is you mentioned the rushing numbers. Like, Oregon's rushing defense is legit. Their rushing defense, I think, is the best in the conference. But then you look at the fact of, okay, it's the best in the conference, but against Stanford, they had a pretty sizable lead, so Stanford's not running the ball on you in the second half. Against BYU, you built a big halftime lead, so they're not running the ball on you in the second half. And then you played Washington State and Arizona, two teams that don't really run the football. And those are your wins so far this season, outside of Eastern Washington, obviously, that you blew them out in the first half. So 
Some of the numbers can be misleading. This is the this is the biggest test. I mean, you're playing the best rushing attack. I think UCLA is it's either UCLA or Oregon. They're one and two in almost every offensive category. But this is the best rushing offense you're going to see all year. And if you want a chance to win this game, you have to be able to slow down Charbonneau and put DTR into some tough situations. It still doesn't guarantee that you're going to stop him because he's that good as a fifth-year starter, and he's in complete control of the offense. The only thing that I feel confident about in this game, and again, maybe these are famous last words, but I've said it a couple times now about Oregon games. The only thing I feel confident in is the over. If you tell me you like UCLA in this game, I'm like, that's not a homer pick or an anti-Oregon thing. UCLA is a damn good football team. There's a reason they're undefeated and ranked in the top 10. Vice versa to that, I think Oregon's playing really good right now. And I think their offense has opened all of our eyes to, oh my God, this is way better than we all thought coming into the year. Of a first time OC and Bo Nix, look at the numbers he put up at Auburn. So I, I, don't, I don't blame anybody for leaning one way or the other. I'm leaning all in on lots of points. I, I know that the rush numbers are good for UCLA and Oregon. Right, right. Neither of these teams have seen an offense like they're going to, well, outside of Georgia in week one for Oregon. But outside of that, neither of these teams recently have seen a team or an offense like they're going to see this weekend. And the over-under 69.5, I am all over that over. Nice. Uh, the rush defense, by the way, metrics on PFF. Uh, UCLA is... Uh, the numbers are pretty good on the year. They're 34th in rush defense. Now, this is where the Georgia game plays a factor. Although Georgia kind of passed the that ball more. mostly throwing the ball. They threw it for like 440 yards on Oregon. Oregon is 105th in rush defense on PFF. And I was a little surprised by that metric. And I also don't... I don't know how much of that I'm stock I'm putting in. Like that's kind of where I'm yeah. leaning with UCLA is I think Charbonneau will run the football, but I also like Oregon at home, Autzen <laughs> environment. Like you know what I mean? We've Oregon seen Oregon has won before. Yeah. They have one of the longest home winning streaks in the country. The last time they lost a home game was 2018, and they blew that lead. And they blew that lead to Stanford. That was the that was the last time game day was actually there. I think they blew that lead. Two guys just to keep an eye on quickly. I know we're against it. Yeah. Uh, Triquest Bridges has had a really rough year, and teams target him in the secondary. UCLA can sling it on anybody, but they've started to mix in young Dante Manning and young Julio Florence a little bit more as the season has gone on. And I'm hopeful those guys get some significant snaps on Saturday because your pass defense is going to have to be tight, too. That's going to, yeah. We'll have a lot more on this the next couple of days. I just, I wanted to do an early look. Now, I, I think with somebody like you, I know you. I'm just going to, I'd imagine just every day the rest of this week, you're just, it's, Oregon's going to win. Oregon's going to win, right? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm feeling pretty confident. You're feeling pretty confident? I'm feeling pretty confident. Okay, maybe we can dive into the confidence factor, what it is of, that leaves you so confident in that. I'd, I'd, I'd love to hear that. Um, but it's going to be a great football game. I'm super excited to watch it. Uh, coming up next, let's pivot out of football. Go to the hardwood. Blazers start the season in Sacramento. Woo! And we talk with a former coworker of ours who is now the voice, the radio voice of the Portland Trail Blazers, Travis Demers, will join us live from Sacramento coming up next for the Daily Ticker. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. 
We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. In this wide world of sports, some stories can slip through the cracks. Now, before we do this, let's go over the ground rules. Pelican Brewing presents The Daily Ticker, where Dirt and Sprague visit with the insiders that are covering the stories you've heard about. And some you haven't. How'd you do that? Actually, I'm not even mad. It's amazing. The Daily Ticker with Dirt and Sprague is brought to you by Pelican Brewing, born at the beach. All right, Danny, ticker time here on a Wednesday. Brought to you in the fan by Pelican Brewing Company. Born at the beach online at pelicanbrewing.com. Excited for this one, man. The Blazers are back tonight. They're in Sacramento getting ready to tip off a new season. How about a tall glass of nostalgia to start your morning? It's 734 with our good buddy, former 1080 The Fan employee, Travis Demers. The voice of the Portland Trail Blazers at Travis Demers on Twitter. Demers, good morning, man. How are you? I'm good, guys. How are you doing? <laughs> we're, we're doing good. There's that morning voice. I love it. There's that hotel bed voice. I mean, right hey, there. you're 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 got to be like a night owl. I'd imagine, right? Calling these games, it has to take a while to wind down after you get done calling a game. Like, what time is Travis's bedtime? Yeah, that's that's a tough question because uh, I got two little kids also. So, like bedtimes and wake up times, they're totally irrelevant. So, <laughs> like for a home game, I'll fall asleep at like I don't know twelve, twelve thirty. And then I'll get up at seven and take my oldest to pre pre K and so my my sleep schedule is totally jacked up. And like some some road trips will come home at like two or three in the morning. Hey, still getting up at seven. So it's just uh, it's kinda white, man. Is this the this has to be for you, Travis, the best time to call a game in Sacramento, right? It has to be the opening game of the season. Otherwise, don't you do Sacramento trips and go, Oh God, I'm going to Sacramento or is there the off chance that you like it because it's such a quick flight? Uh, I like it because it's a quick flight. I also like it because, uh, you know, the old cliche of not a lot of distractions. There really isn't much to do. So, <laughs> like, if, if this is the middle of a road trip, like, okay, cool. I can uh, make sure I get some rest on that on that part of it. But, I mean, we're, where we stay, we're right next to the arena. There are a couple of restaurants, and we're in and out. So, it's, yeah. I mean, it's. Not my favorite city, I'll put it that way, but it's, it's not bad. All right. We're talking with Travis Demers, our good friend, the voice of the Blazers. Another season begins tonight, Demers. I, I don't know how Blazer fans are feeling. I think the answer is probably all over the map of like, hey, excitement, there's new faces, kind of a new start, uh, maybe some you know, not high expectations. We don't know how the team's going to be this year. Where do you think the Blazer fans that you're hearing from, where are they at and how excited are you for the uh, start of a new season? Well, I, I think it depends on where you find those Blazer fans. If, if it's on Twitter or social media, it's all pessimism everywhere. Um, but then, like, at, at FanFest, you see the fans who aren't on social media and their you know, lives revolve around the Blazers, and they're totally optimistic. So I, I've, I've heard it all. For me, I, I really don't know. Uh, I'm excited about the season for sure, especially the, the last year ended. Uh, I'm excited to see Dame. and excited to see Jeremy Grant see what this team could look like but I just I really I have no idea right because there's so many questions like how good are they going to be people have been asking me that the last couple of weeks I have no idea Shaden Sharp 
your thoughts on how uh, how you think that's going to go to start the year. I thought he had a couple moments in the preseason. And yeah, it's preseason, but I thought he stood out in a few of those moments, and I think it, lot, it leaves a lot of people excited to see what he does when he gets his minutes. Now, I, I, I don't put a whole lot of stock, Travis, that he's going to get a heavy dose of those minutes to start the season, but maybe eventually way earning his way uh, onto the court. How do you think this year is going to go? You have the number seven pick. He's going to be on the bench. How, how do you think they just kind of bring him along? Yeah, I think you're right. I think they start kind of slow with him, right? Because some of the things that we saw were awesome, right? That happened, you know, in the, the game against Maccabi Ra'anana, right? Against mostly non-NBA players, the 27 points. Uh, he played well. I think it was the Sacramento game, too. Um, but you could tell there's still a lot for him to learn, and, and rightfully so, man. He turned 19 five months ago. He didn't play basketball last year. So th- there is a learning curve there, and it's going to take some time for him to – to get into a flow and, and know where to be as much as anything else. Um, you know, in, in practice, he's been awesome. You see the athleticism. You see all of that stuff. But I, I think it's going to take a little time before he really gets into the rotation. And eventually there's going to be a point where, you know, the coaching staff looks at him and says, we can't keep this guy off the floor. I don't think that's now. I think it's going to happen eventually. Um, obviously the expectations for the, the big picture for him are through the roof. But it's it's you got you got to have a little patience with him. It's going to take a little time. Yeah, I didn't play any basketball last year. It's going to take time. But the flashes are out undoubtedly there. Travis Demers, our guest, the voice of the Blazers, uh, our good friend. It, it, the the controversy over the starting small forward has been something I know Blazer fans have debated for a while. Who's going to get the job? Who should get the job? Should it be Nasir Little, Winslow? Uh, we find out it's going to be Josh Hart. I'm just curious. Is that do, do you think that's a season long thing? Is that a, we're going to evaluate it every couple of weeks thing? How do you view the small forward? Because it felt like at least coming into the season that was the only starting lineup question that you had about the Blazers yeah I, I don't think that's a season-long thing right because there there are a lot of things that this team has that are still up in the air right Joe Cronin has talked about making the team better so are, are there going to be trades that come uh, I, I would assume so right if that's in February the deadline if it's sometime before that I don't know but I, I would assume that there are going to be more pieces changing on this team and from you know me reading between the lines Nasir Little only having a couple of weeks of, of clearance of activity and not getting back to 100% for him is a big part of the reason why he's not in the starting lineup. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I don't think it's a season-long thing. Like, this is, okay, Josh Hart is our starter on game one. He's going to be our starter in game 82. And not to take anything away from Josh Hart. You know, I think he's a, a really important player for this team. But what, what is the best fit? If Nasir Little looks like the Nas that he was before he got hurt last year, is he better coming off the bench? Is he better in the starting lineup uh, for the length, for you know some of his defensive abilities, for the spark off the bench with Josh Hart? All those things. Yeah, I, I don't think it's a season-long thing. Yeah, you talk about social media can sometimes be the the home of of pessimistic viewpoints, and I I, I large. <laughs> I I don't disagree with that at all. Putting it politely, I would say. Yeah, especially with somebody like you, Travis, where you're hearing from a lot of fans in terms of just like where they're at overall. But I guess I would ask you, you look at the the Western Conference, like the Lakers look awful. I I couldn't have been happier laying a bet on the under 45 and a half wins after watching them last night. I don't know if the Phoenix thing is going to last all year. There seems to be this weird energy around them. But the West seems tough, right? There's a lot of teams that made upgrades and – Guys are coming back from injury last year. I, I, I guess what I'm, I'm trying to ask you is, 
how do you view the Portland Trailblazers in the West with so many unknowns outside of Portland? No matter how a fan feels about this team, when you look at this team, and we assume there's going to be a move or two to be made, as Joe has kind of alluded to that in press conferences and interviews, how do you how do you place Portland in the West with what the landscape is in that conference? Yeah, I mean, look, you got two really, really bad teams in Utah and San Antonio, right? Oklahoma City will be a little better than them. And I think Houston can actually take a little bit of a step up this year. But I think those four teams are, are at the bottom, right? So that leaves 11 teams. Uh, and one of those 11 teams is going to get left out. Sacramento, I think, is better. Um, Keegan Murray, uh, when we saw him in the preseason, I think he's going to be awesome for them. They had Kevin Herters. They had shooting. Mike Brown's a really good defensive coach, so I think they'll be better defensively. So Sacramento is not going to be, you know, that, that team that we know is going to be out like they have been for the last 15, 16 years. At the top, though, I mean, look, Golden State's terrific. Um, I think Phoenix takes a step back. I, I'm not saying they're going to take a step back to the play-in, but I don't think they're the number one, number two seed anymore. Maybe they're the four seed, somewhere like that. Um, Denver with, you know, Jamal Murray coming back healthy. How good are they going to be? Um, I, I, I think you have a lot of teams that could be anywhere from, like, you know, three to ten. Right now, I'll put Dallas in there, even though they were in the conference finals last year. Um, Memphis, I think they're they're probably right near the top, two, three, one, Golden State, you know, something like that. Um, but there there are just so many teams, man, that that are, are really good. So you could look at the Blazers and and just look at them and say, man, that that team looks like they could win 45, 47 games. And then you look around and you you see that the teams that are going to be at the top are going to win like 52 games Mm -hmm. so is that even realistic i think there's not going to be a ton of separation in terms of wins and losses so tiebreakers are going to matter you know early season games even though i think it's going to be a little bit of a struggle early all that stuff is going to matter and that's going to be the difference between you know being a five or six seed or fighting for the plane at the end of the year. I don't think there's going to be much separation at all. Yeah. You mentioned the win totals. I'll get you out of here on this one, Travis. Uh, do we hammer the over this year of 39 and a half? Cause I'm feeling good about that. I do. And then uh, are the Yankees winning the world series? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, you know, just uh, on the record, I'm, I'm technically not supposed to talk about the, the betting stuff. Yeah. I don't think he's allowed but to. I will say ah, okay. that. I, I will say, and let's say you didn't ask that question, is it safe to say this team is at least a 500 team? I definitely think so. Okay. Um, well <laughs> as far as the Yankees are concerned, man, they, they terrify me. I don't think they're beating Houston. As much as I hate the Astros and as much – sorry, Dusty. As much as I would love to see them win the World Series, uh, I, I, coming off of playing yesterday and flying down there uh, – Tyone pitching in game one. I just, I just don't see him being Houston in this series. Yeah, that's going to yeah, be fun. I, I know that uh, Family Guy invented a thing that people have spoofed for years and grinding my gears. I love a really, like, what yeah. chaps my ass from Travis Demers <laughs> on social media, Blazer fan. I think that could be a wonderful piece of content. For <laughs> you know what chaps my ass? I'll tell you what chaps my ass. There yeah. ain't nine. Shut up. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh. uh, I, can just, I can just start a list of things that Dan Morang says. How about that? There you go. Let's we'll start there, and we'll move our way down the list. You know I love chaps it. my ass? Oh, sorry, Dan that Morang. Danny Morang, son of a bitch. Are you kidding me? Uh, Travis <laughs> Demersey is the voice of the Blazers, our good friend. Uh, when you, hey, when you see Michael Lynch, tell him we say hi, and uh, continued success, man. It's been fun to see you rise in the industry, and congrats on the gig. I know we've seen you sporadically over the years, but uh, continued success. Have a great call tonight, and thanks for hopping on this morning. No, I appreciate it, guys, and I, I I do listen to you, and I text Sprague every now and then. I listen to you guys in the morning, so I, I appreciate you having me on. Thank you. Yeah, man. Great stuff. Travis Demers, the voice of the Portland Trailblazers. As, uh, yeah, they're just stealing fan employees over there at uh, Blazer Broadcast. And they're just listening to the sports leader going, how can we continue? How do we grow our brand? To rival that entity that is 1080 The Fan doing the radio shows in a broom closet. Should we do the, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, you came in with a Blazer t-shirt, and I, I my did. first thought actually was it was night. Like, no. What's your thought? They just stole my clinch. Oh, you think they're stealing me? Am I going to Blazer Broadcasting? You're pretty big on television. Well, and Joe, I don't mean height-wise. That's, that is true. I'm a big deal. Uh, Joe Cronin's dad does not listen to my podcast, though. <laughs> he does not listen to the Grip. Well, maybe he does. Maybe he's a Grip City Golf fan. I don't know. I, maybe I, he's big on the Winterhawks. He could yeah, be. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe I don't is. know the answer to that. His son's been here for some time, so <laughs> maybe true. he's entrenched into the sports uh, whole, scene. He's a big golfer, and he likes the Grip City Golf podcast. Who is no. the next fan employee to go to work for the Portland Trailblazers should be the great poll question we put up. I mean, I think the money would probably be on meringue, would it not, just with no. the Blazer ties? No, no I, think that's an, I think that would be the, like the minus 350 favorite. Okay. I actually think it'd be the guy to our left. Jason Swigard? Yeah. Okay. If anybody was going to apply to be the voice, the PA announcer, or like the uh, stat yeah. tracker, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, he finally has this breaking point here at the fan, it would definitely <laughs> be that guy. <laughs> Definitely be him. And he'd get his summers off. He would, man. Talk about off-season. Like, imagine being the voice of the Blazers, the PA announcer. would that be? Yeah. you got to travel a lot during the season. That would suck. No, no, no. I'm saying the PA guy, like Mark Mason. Oh, the PA guy, yeah. If Mark ever steps down or there's a stat, you know, statistician job where you have to go to the games and you're just real-time tracking your handing stats to Travis or Kevin Calabro or whoever – yeah, I, I think my money would be on him, and I think Swagger would be a cool plus 250. We just hired, or not we, I'm saying we already, I'm already a part of Blazer Broadcasting. And this is my concern. <laughs> they, they just hired uh, an analytics guy to be on their broadcast. Did you see that? I, you know, I'm, I, I'm Let's pissed. talk about this on the other side. Yeah, I, I saw this, and I thought that was worth bringing up at some point. I love how we went from we, I, I'm doing it again. Now I'm, I'm falling in the trap. I'm doing a we. Yeah. I love how they went from not wanting to spend money on sending their broadcasters to road games to then having money to hire an analytics guy to be on the broadcast. It's a good pivot. Found a couple of pennies. Uh, let's talk about the Blazers. Hey, are you excited for Blazer basketball being back? Are you one of those pessimistic Twitter fans? How do you think they're going to be this year? Let's talk some Blazers, man. They tip it off tonight in Sacramento. That's coming up next on the fan. Pour the milk. Looks like me and Vincent caught you boys at breakfast. Jeff. Part of a nutritious breakfast? Hamburgers. Hamburgers. Cornerstone of any nutritious breakfast. It's time for the morning crunch. A look at the tastiest topics in sports. Brought to you by Crunch Fitness. As low as $9.95 per month. No hassle, no pressure, no gimmicks, and no judgments. Hey, morning crunch. Brought to you in the fan bar. Good friends at Crunch Fitness. As low as $9.99 a month. Locations in Beaverton, Aloha Division Center, and Vancouver. Go check them out at crunch.com. I'll be out at the Glorious House again today after the show. Uh, we got a lot to get to in the final hour. Statter story. We have NFL owners that are beefing, and uh, we'll get to all that.
We, we got a, basically a fight yesterday. We did, yeah. It's a bit of a fight. I think we need a celebrity death match, but like a really like a UFC cage for Ursay Snyder. Winner gets what they want. Yeah, because Jim Ursay would murder Dan Snyder. Dan Snyder is absolutely a lunatic, and I think you over we overlook largely in fighting the if lunatic you, factor. If you don't give him a weapon, there's no chance. Oh, Dan Snyder will you can't bite have a, a testicle off. Um, I think you're underestimating that. Do you have you ever seen Jim Ursay? <laughs> He's a pretty big dude. He's a pretty big dude. He's stout. He's barrel-chested. Again, get all coked up for that. Occasionally a drug addict. You don't think Snyder's coked up? (laughs) You might be. Uh. He's tiny, dude. He's a fat nerd. There's no chance. By the way, there's zero intel reporting into uh, these joking comments that yes, we're making I right take now. All that back now there's, uh, there's, <laughs> didn't mean it there's a that. report that Jera and Kraft got into it at the. Uh, yeah, they had I a heated that. debate. Yeah. They can be on the undercard yeah, out there with their canes and walkers. Shove it up where the sun doesn't shine. I hate all these guys. Um, anyways, the Blazers start tonight. And I am exci- I'm excited for the start of the season. We have people joking that uh, if Danny's a minus 230, Swa- uh, Swag's a plus 250, what does that make Rob a plus 100,000? That's not a thing anymore. I mean, O'Shea's gone. Yeah, that, that regime. O'Shea was the one there. that fired him. I just, you know. Rob is the least likely candidate to ever join that franchise. Yeah, yeah I mean, that, it'll never happen. Uh, but I, it's not the same as it used to be. And it, look, it's a reminder. Like, I listened to the Cronin interview with you and Danny on Jack Ramsey's, and it was great to hear him, man. Like, I'm, I'm never going to get tired of saying it's refreshing to have a general manager who is willing to, one, talk to the media, also known as talking to the fans and communicating how you feel about the team and how you feel about the franchise, but also to be honest. Like, he straight up told you guys, like, yeah, you know, we, we might not be that good. Oh, yeah. Like, we don't know. He, you guys asked him about, hey, isn't it a little weird to try and be winning now with Damian Lillard, but also developing this young talent, which is like this existential question that every Blazer fan has in his mind. And he was like, yeah, we're kind of struggling with that, too. We hope it works out. It was, I love the honesty. Yeah. You don't have all the answers. You don't have to have all the answers. You just try your best. You put the best foot forward, and there's going to be some moves that obviously happen in the future. And I think he had some great things happen in the offseason. The Jeremy Grant trade was amazing. Some of the contracts that he signed, I'm a big fan of. And then you have the use of Nurkic thing and not having another big. Like, it was a hit-and-miss offseason. But I can say this. I am genuinely excited for the start of the Blazers season. I don't know how good they're going to be. I don't think they're going to be that good. But I'm genuinely excited for a fresh start and I don't understand Blazer fans that aren't in that camp with me. Well, I, I, I've said this before on that pod, and I, I really believe this. I, I think part of the reason you hear a lot of negativity or read it on Twitter or whatever, I think the reason is people are being a little unfair to this regime. Now, I'm not saying this regime is going to get a championship, that they're going to be amazing. They might. They might whiff. They might whiff a lot. I, I don't know how it's going to end for them. But I think the problem is they were sold – a bill of goods by a used car salesman for a decade. Yeah. Hey, this team, we got to the playoffs. You know how many years in a row we made the playoffs? Yeah, project to be a X amount win with, for, with Al Camino with the starting four. Yeah, I mean, we, we project 54 wins, and then they get the one random year, Western Conference Finals, and then that's followed up. Hey, we're running it back. All right, well, we lost in the first round, but then it's okay. We're going to do this, and they make the playoffs. I just think it was a decade of being sold a bill of goods that either over – Went over what the expectation was. See the first year L.A. left, and it was Dame C.J. year one, and they got to the second round because the Clippers got hurt. Or it was sold a bill of goods, disappointing season, but don't worry, we project this. And people that largely don't follow analytics or some guys in the NBA go, okay, yeah, I believe it, because they make the playoffs. And then when it just ends, I think what happens is the fan base projects all of that anger and frustration onto the next regime. And instead of giving that guy at least two or three years, 
It is, hey, you did this in a month. Why aren't you doing more? And I just think it's a lot of frustration from the last regime that's been carried over to this one. I don't have a huge expectation for this team. I guess what I would ask you, though, is you and Swag are kind of simpatico on this. You say you're excited. What if I told you they start 1-9? and nine? Are we still excited and watching? Because like, I want to know what the baseline is for people like you guys. Yeah, I don't think they're going to start 1-9, and nine, but if they did, well, That sure. schedule is effing brutal. I yeah. hope that they can win tonight. Yeah. If they lose, I won't be surprised. Sacramento is a better team, even without Keegan Murray. But if they win, go look at that schedule. You play the schedule game. It doesn't look easy by any stretch. If they started something like that, 2-8. and eight, How do they look in those games? Are they fun? Are they entertaining? Their are defense they competitive? is awful. Some nights they're off. Yeah, the no. defense yeah. will be the key because that's – I'm really intrigued. This is the season now for Chauncey Billups, assuming he doesn't have to deal with, uh, you know, catastrophic injuries here uh, to start the season. But if he has his full complement of key players, how does he start moving the pieces around? We keep hearing about defense is going to be emphasized and there's going to be accountability. How will that show up? Because you didn't see any of it in the preseason. Not that I I don't know what to make of that preseason. But that's my point is the preseason was dismissed and I get it. But Can that defense totally was dismiss truly it? It awful. Was, they weren't getting out. They were not on the perimeter. Teams that moved the ball got any shot they wanted on the perimeter. And so I'm curious to see what he's got. Will he start um, tinkering with the starting lineup? Will he move stuff around? Will his rotations get moved around? I'm I'm most intrigued to see. That lineup's not going to change much. They don't have Big. Chauncey Billups. They don't if, have depth. If big. Nurk comes out and he looks like he did in the preseason, how quickly will he look to do something else? You can't. But see, here's the thing, Swag. Unless you trade, they're not doing anything else. They don't have the manpower yeah. to do it. So that, yeah, that you lineup, can't just bench Nurkic and start Drew Eubanks. I mean, you Eubanks isn't even going to yeah. be their backup big. When Olivier Saar gets healthy, he's going to be their backup big. And that, you know, I know they just signed a two-way guy, but, like, that's kind of what they're dealing with here. They They did not address that area of the roster and I guess this is kind of my point I don't know how excited I can say you are is if in 10 games that defense is truly dreadful and I don't expect it to be good at all you're out yeah I, to me I'm not out I because I don't have that high of expectation coming into this year I the notion that you were going to have one off season to dig out of the hole that O'Shea made for you was dumb and any Blazer fan that thought differently I, I'm just questioning why you felt like this all would be turned around in one off season and so I think you're heading in the right direction. I like a lot of the stuff that you did this offseason. Be entertaining. Give me a healthy dame that's averaging nearly 30 points a game. Give me some flashes from Anthony Simons. Be a fun team to watch. Win or loss, be damned. And you got me roped in all season. I unplugged last year because it was boring and it was the same thing over again. You had the old Shea stuff hanging over the season's head. And then you tanked. And I'm not going to watch a tanking basketball team. I'm glad that you did, but I'm not going to watch that. Uh, but I, to me, the, the win-loss record is kind of a be damned thing. I think they're going to be slightly better than what the Vegas expectations are. To me, this team's going to be 500. But let's talk more about this in the final hour. we got a poll question up. Where will they finish the season in the Western Conference? Uh, just at, where are you at? Were you excited for the start of the year? 503-250-1080. That is the fan text line. Saturday story at 815. NFL owners fighting. Loaded. Don't go anywhere. Dirt spray on the fan. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. 
Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com.